The WBFO Brief Podcast is made possible by Simon Business School, presenting the Simon Games, an online business simulation competition for MBA scholarships where participants act as the CEOs of their own businesses. Learn more at simon.rochester.edu slash simongames. It's Tuesday, February 28th. Today's WBFO Brief was recorded around 8.30 in the morning. This is WBFO News. Here's Jay Moran. As negotiations continue in Albany over a new state budget, Governor Kathy Hochul took to the road to sell the plan. In Buffalo Monday, Hochul touted a number of proposed investments into the regional economy. At the top of the list is $100 million to the University of Buffalo for new and renovated research buildings, laboratories, and instrumentation. Hochul expects a large return on that investment. Research dollars here draws more federal research dollars. Federal research dollars draw the top talent. The top talent bring the ideas for creating jobs. This is the whole ecosystem that is existing, but we're going to keep continue to elevate it. According to the governor, 23,000 jobs have been created in the region since she took office. Her spending plan also targets $211 million for Department of Transportation Capital Projects, $113 million for local road and pothole repair. Buffalo Collegiate Charter School will close in June. Opened in 2018, the school is home to 300 mostly minority students from 4th to 8th grade. According to the Buffalo News, the decision from the school's board follows a judgment from a state oversight agency that determined the school was falling short of standards for operations, performance, and academics. And Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown later this morning will discuss what his office is calling a quote-unquote multi-billion dollar milestone In economic development, the mayor will be joined at the press event by Brendan Mahaffey, executive director of the Office of Strategic Planning, to share the most recent development updates. Buffalo could be seeing more federal money to help with the aftermath of the Christmas blizzard. Senator Chuck Schumer says New York State submitted a request for a federal major disaster declaration on Friday, and now he's lobbying the president to cover a significant cost incurred during the storm. Snow removal was a huge cost. The storm was snow, more snow than we have ever seen. And not allowing snow removal to be counted as part of the reimbursement would be like saying you're not allowing wind damage in a hurricane relief. Makes no sense. Schumer added that Buffalo's current emergency relief is capped at $5 million, while this could be in the tens of millions and applies to surrounding communities as well. The race for Erie County Executive looks significantly different than 24 hours ago. A Republican political newcomer Chrissy Casilio of Clarence is now part of the mix, while Democrat Nate McMurray has dropped his brief challenge for the county executive office. At a Monday press conference, Casilio, the owner of a local marketing firm, says that a change in county leadership is needed to get the economy moving again. McMurray announced he was dropping out of the race on Twitter Democratic incumbent Mark Polenkars is seeking an unprecedented fourth term in office. Canada is joining the United States and the European Union in banning government staff from using TikTok on work-issued devices. A statement says the app will be removed from mobile devices today. A cell phone, a screwdriver, and a USB charging cable. That's all it takes for someone to break into and take off with certain Kia and Hyundai models that don't have engine immobilizers. The trend has been on the rise in the Buffalo area in recent months, much to the frustration of local officials, as we hear now from WBFO's Emily Watkins. And it was just completely destroyed inside. Jenna Haring was hoping to drive to the gym. 
Instead, a few hours later, she found herself in Buffalo's impound lot, staring at her trashed Kia Sportage. It had fell victim to the Kia Boys challenge. The car was caked in mud. It looked like they took it off-roading. The inside of the car was caked in mud. They left ash and, you know, remnants of their their blunts in my car. They left orange juice in my car, and I just, it made me feel completely violated. Haring isn't an anomaly. 63 other people also had their Kia stolen in December in the city of Buffalo alone. And the statistics have only gotten worse. 237 Kias have been stolen since the start of 2023. That's a 2,270% increase from the amount of Kias stolen by this time last year. I was luckily able to break my lease, and now I have to pay about $100 more a month for a different car, just for the peace of mind that it's not going to get stolen. So I hope this is able to be resolved soon, and I hope Kia steps up and takes responsibility. Taking responsibility is exactly what Senator Chuck Schumer, Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown, and Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Grimaglia asked Kia and Hyundai to do on Monday. Schumer has sent letters to both companies asking them to provide free anti-theft kits, steering wheel locks, and software updates to prevent the thefts to impacted owners. Schumer also called on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to investigate the problem. Kia, don't put this on the back of the owners, Hyundai. It's on your back. You made the mistake. My mother always taught me, you make a mess, you gotta clean it up. Well, these two car companies made a big mess, and they, they have to clean it up. Despite the push, elected officials said there is still responsibility on TikTok's part to be considered and how companies should make it right with the victims, like Lauren Washington, who had her Kia stolen on February 10th. I was really sad that my car was stolen because just recently I was able to get it and get it under my own name. And now I have to continue to pay for the car and continue to pay for my um, insurance. To add to the cost of repairs, Washington will be without her car for weeks as shops deal with part shortages. And her rental coverage ends in just a few days. So now I'm just in um, limbo until I can get this resolved. Like a lot of Kia owners, she's stuck waiting until someone can change this challenge. Emily Watkins, WBFO News. A Finger Lakes resident was sentenced to two years in probation in U.S. District Court in Buffalo in order to pay restitution after his conviction of mail fraud and other charges. 73-year-old Dennis Daniels of Seneca County must repay over $22,000 to the Coast Guard and students and more than $115,000 to the IRS. Daniels owned and operated marine training and drug testing companies, which offered Coast Guard-approved courses and testing. In early 2019, Daniels began uh, teaching 23 students a Coast Guard-approved course with a master's upgrade, but only provided 51 hours of classroom instruction out of the required 80 hours. He also provided students with exam answers and advised them to provide false information regarding prior sea service. Well, New York is not likely to have a new chief judge until later this spring. Governor Kathy Hochul said she will likely not ask the state Senate to consider a second nominee until the budget is finished sometime in April. 
The governor spoke recently for the first time since the Senate rejected her choice to hold the post. As we hear now from WBFO Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt. Hochul was rebuked by fellow Democrats in the state Senate when they voted not to confirm Hector LaSalle as chief judge of the Court of Appeals, the state's highest court. The governor, who had urged for a full Senate vote even after the senator said they would not support LaSalle, says she will simply try again. She's asked the state's Judicial Nominating Commission to suggest a new list of potential nominees. There's a committee of individuals, about 12 members, who take applications. That process is going on right now. And then they look at the qualifications and recommend to me someone among seven that I would choose. But Hochul says with the state budget due April 1st, she will put off what could be another contentious process until later in the spring. Several Democratic senators warned Hochul as early as last summer when former Chief Judge Janet DeFiore resigned that they wanted a new chief judge who would steer the state's highest court back to more liberal values and decisions. Court scholars have documented that the court under DeFiore and other appointees of former Governor Andrew Cuomo leaned conservative in recent years. Hochul did not heed the senator's concerns, however. She selected LaSalle, a moderate who heads the state's largest mid-level appeals court as her choice. After the Senate Judiciary Committee rejected LaSalle and voted not to recommend him to the full Senate, the governor insisted on a vote by all 63 senators, even though it was clear that LaSalle would lose again. Hochul says despite the rejection, she will not do anything differently this time around. I will always do what I did before and will do in the future, and that is select the person I think will be the best individual, the best person to lead an extraordinary court. The governor says she's also looking for a nominee with management experience because the job also involves running the vast $3 billion state court system. Hochul says the courts still have not recovered from lengthy closures during pandemic-related lockdowns. That has been stagnated and jammed up during the pandemic, and it's still not operating the way I want it to be. This time around, though, one thing will be different. Hochul is likely to see the full Senate vote promptly on her nominee. A lawsuit brought by minority party Republicans to force a full Senate vote was successful. A judge ruled on February 21st that the state's constitution, which requires the advice and consent of the Senate for court nominees, means that all senators must vote on a governor's nominee for the court. Whether or not the next nominee will be approved by the Senate, though, remains an open question. In the meantime, Hochul says the disagreement won't detract from reaching agreement on a state budget. Senate leaders say they also want to set aside their differences over choosing a chief judge and focus instead on the spending plan. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. The Isette Canal side in downtown Buffalo says it's extending its winter season by opening for the first weekend in March on Friday the 3rd from 4 until 10 p.m. Saturday from 10 until 10 and Sunday uh, the 5th from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. In a statement, Lauren Maloney Ford, the general manager of Buffalo Waterfront, expects the weather to be cooperative this week to allow for weekend skating, which will be a thank you to the community with free skate admission, rental, and curling for all three days that cost underwritten by Blue, um, Highmark, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Western New York. The Buffalo Sabres have acquired 24-year-old defenseman Riley Stillman from the Vancouver Canucks, a fourth-round draft pick of the Florida Panthers in 2016. Stillman has appeared in 140 NHL games with three organizations and has amassed three goals and 20 assists. In return, the Sabres shipped 19-year-old forward Josh Bloom 
a third-round pick in 2021. Bloom has been playing junior hockey this year in the Ontario Hockey League. Winners of three straight games, by the way. The Sabres are at home tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Puck for that game drops at 7.30. Be sure to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it, by all means, leave a review, too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team is made possible by members. Thanks for listening.